on this episode of Quantum Week, October 28th through 3rd, 1984. Welcome to Quantum Week, I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about the movies, the music, the headlines, everything that's happening during that week that makes it uh, unique. And we're continuing uh, the last week in October 1984. 84, indeed. Two weeks of 84 for us, which has been great. So we, we have a couple show announcements here I think we should at least talk about. Or we should just bring up here quickly, just so we're not confusing our listeners. Okay, bring it up. So A, I'm wearing headphones. Yeah, yes. Um, I don't usually wear <laughs> headphones on the show. It's a big deal for me, so if I get kind of like grumpy or kind of pissy during the show, it's because I'm wearing the headphones. I don't like wearing headphones. I like things in my head. Uh, it just it bothers me. and uh, But we have to because... We got this crazy new equipment, so I have to wear headphones. Yeah, so he can hear stuff that we play and whatever. It makes it a little bit more of a live show, actually, is what, what it feels like to me. Like we're controlling the show live. Okay. Ready to go. And then well, you might hear some other things in this episode there. Maybe. That we, we don't typically do. And we're, we're going to start doing it in the future. That's so it. that's the announcement. You're wearing different uh, headphones. Yeah. You're wearing headphones yeah. and you might hear some different things. That's right. <laughs> that's a great one. Thanks. Sorry, Should we're we talking t- that. <laughs> but we are talking about movies as well, as we always do. And yeah. we're talking about The Terminator. The Terminator. Uh, the first one. This is directed by James Cameron. Came out in 84. Um, I'm going to say off the bat, this movie is challenging for me to talk about. Interesting. And it's because I feel like this is almost like a student film in a way. Now, um, this is nothing against this movie. When this movie came out, I'm sure it would have been probably pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I really love the general idea of it. The problem is he made a better version of this movie seven years later. He did. It's like significantly better. And when it's technology like, was better. But it's not only that, it's the, everything's better. I mean, even like, just take Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Like, she is so much better in T2. She's terrible in this. You think so? Yeah. I don't think she's terrible. She, she, you want me to do the synopsis first, and then we can talk about Linda 15 Hamilton? 15 seconds. I might, I might, okay. Just do you want to do the synopsis? No, I, no, I don't at all. Uh, I might start throwing you some curveballs. I don't like that you write it out. So what? That's I like I like the idea that we just be completely like nonsensical. So or, gotta, you know I have notes. It's just the way my brain works versus the way your brain works. Yeah, I know. I might, I might maybe we have to do a seven word synopsis, something like that. I think it's funny. Well, not well for the next one. I could do something like no, that. No, I don't want to give you any heads up though. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to give you seven words on on uh, on Terminator right now. I'm going to tell you this or not, or we can move on. I don't give a All shit. Right, do the synopsis. All right, fine. Fuck. A cyborg called a Terminator is sent back in time to kill Linda Hamilton. <laughs> Linda Hamilton is going to be the mother of uh, of uh, a the savior of the world um, against the ri- like the the machine rise up basically, and uh, so her son sends um, another guy back, Kyle Reese, in order to protect her and save her from the Terminator. Sure. So right. I- yeah, it's right. And I have a huge issue with this general idea, the plot. So every time we see the future, which I believe very strongly the future scenes should not be in this movie. Every time yeah. every time we see the future, it's a terrible place. What is this guy saved? This well, is the, the shittiest. Ex- well, the extermination of the human race. That's the thing. I mean, where there's like this hope. Fucked in, this is like a terrible place. No, but it, I mean, if you... Did you watch the movie again? Because in the movie, they, t- they talk yeah, about... Yeah, I did. I saw it. <laughs> they talk about how, um, how they, they beat the machines, though. That's the thing. Show that. Well, I well that they didn't have the technology for that. At the, at no, the time. but just show if you can show the machine. No, no, show like afterwards. Show like, oh, things are actually pretty cool now. We generally have beaten the machines, but we don't. They don't know that. Reese doesn't know that at the time. Reese only knows that they've broken through the defenses of the machines, and it looks like they're going to win the war. He doesn't know the after effect. I think this would be a lot more of a impactful. Him going back would be more impactful if things were good again. Like, yeah, I think you're right. 
And then instead of it, because it basically it's like, all right, well, what has this John Connor guy done? It's still kind of a really shitty place. Like, have it have John Connor save the world, then have maybe this like one last robot go back in time to try to kill Sarah Connor. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, Cameron does make the rules in this, so he could have done he could have done something like that. Like, it might have been a better story. This future is horrible. Like, I think maybe maybe John Connor should be dead. Like, this is what we're gonna end up with. Like, <laughs> so like, it can get much worse. Can't than blame this. him. You got to blame the machines. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's not like I don't think he changed much. Maybe if he a different person was in charge, it would be a better. Situation. You don't believe that after the machines are defeated, then people come out from the rubble and rebuild again? But they haven't all been defeated because this guy went back in time. The Arnold That's Schwarzenegger man is back in time. Well, yeah, but there's just very few left. This was their last-ditch Hail Mary play, I think. Why don't they do that earlier in this thing, then? I don't know. I think you're reading... I can't believe how much of a pass you gave Gremlins last week and how much of a pass you're not giving the term. Is it because it's a sci-fi film and you have a problem with sci-fi? No, it's just... I just think a lot of it... It's time travel. So anytime there's time yeah. travel... like There's so, always trouble. And the, and the hook in this movie is, if you haven't seen it, obviously, as you know, we do spoilers here, so go watch it and come back. But the kind of the hook or the twist is that... The guy, the good guy that also comes back in time is John Connor's father. Right. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is a huge spoiler, but uh, you know that's that's what happens. Yeah. So, uh, but that creates kind of a paradox, right? Like, it does. If he doesn't come back, well, John's not born. Right. So then of there's course. no. Then there's no right. Well, then there's no uprising, but that doesn't mean that the machine, like the machine. Machine yeah. never would have gone back in time to kill her because there was no reason to kill her because right. John Connor's never born. So there's a time so travel's paradox, I know. Right, so that kind of creates kind of a problem. Yeah, like, it does. Why it does. how it, That whole problem could have been avoided if, if she was just happened to be pregnant. And maybe she's a month pregnant during this whole thing. Yeah. From that last guy, the guy in the beginning that left the voicemail, maybe he fucked her and, and she's pregnant <laughs> with his baby. Right. Why does it need to be... Because it just creates a level of confusion that I think is completely unnecessary. I, yeah, you just needed a reason for Reese... Like you had to, you had to make Reese's character believable as someone who would love Linda Hamilton enough to protect her. Basically. I did not believe that at all. You didn't. I thought he was really be- believable. I like uh, Bean. Is it what's his first yeah, name? Michael Mi- Bean. Michael yeah. Bean. Um, I've always really liked him. He's fine. I just yeah. don't believe the love, the love story. Is well, it's tough because it's so quick. But yes. if, but they do, they do explain it that he's kind of always been in love with her. I, you have to. So John Connor apparently gives gives him a picture of his right, mom, yeah. right, which he cherishes and holds onto. But you have to also kind of believe that John Connor is like giving him snippets of who his mom. My mom's a brave woman. You know, she taught me everything I know. She's the mother of the resistance. He probably had sort of a almost like a iconic love affair with I can I can believe that I can like just sort of hero worship of Linda Hamilton before ever going back okay I can believe that meanwhile the picture he falls in love with she's, she's like seven months pregnant in the <laughs> she, picture but, she, oh, okay yes yeah. okay uh, the, with he, the bandana so back to the future thing or not back to the future, Whoa. back to the future element of this movie yeah so I think this movie would have been a lot more interesting to me if you never show the future stuff I've, and the whole time you're wondering is this Michael Bean guy crazy Oh yeah, that would, you're right. Barbara said the same thing. Actually, she watched. She's like, I wish they would never have shown the future thing. Like, number one, it wasn't believable. And it's so, so two, badly done. Yeah, it was. It, you you've mentioned this before, but a lot of close ups. You didn't see the background yeah. a lot because of the budget. I mean, it was a six million dollar movie. Right. There's only so much you can do. This was, and this was Cameron's first big movie. It was. Yeah. And, it, and to go with Cameron too, it's hyper creative. Like his ideas. Oh yeah. So Michael uh, James Cameron movies, in my opinion, have great ideas. Yes terrible characters like the characters are like not believable and there's like really no soul in them i i feel for a good chunk of his movies he he has a really hard time with the character like they say he's a really really talented filmmaker like he can direct he can do editing like he won an editing uh, oscar for titanic but yes. he also directed like right. he's involved with every element i think mean, he's even involved with, like costuming like yep. he does all of it but he's not a very like warm guy 
Like, I don't think there's a lot of human connection with him. No, he's had five wives, too. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that speaks to it. It does. And I think there's a lot of, like, he's a really difficult guy that is um, very talented, but maybe not very, like, warm person. Probably not. And that kind of comes through in his movies. Like, his movies are works of art. Like, I just saw Titanic for another film project I'm yeah. doing. And, and um, it's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece, like, from a, uh, strictly from a filmmaking perspective. Like, the, the, the ship looks amazing. Yeah. It was made in 97. It still yeah. holds up. It was really well done. But the characters are awful in it. It's like they're so like you know stereotypical and they're so cliched. In this movie, like you don't really learn about like they try. He tries his best with Linda Hamilton and the roommate to like yeah ha- like show like they're just girls in the town right. having a good old time. But like it doesn't feel right. It's weird. Um, it's definitely through the prism of a guy trying to write about girls. Like you get, get you get yeah. kind of that vibe. Um, in, in the cop stuff, they try to have like a buddy cop situation. But they like, do, Lance but you don't really connect with them because they they die. They're, they're they not die in very early. And they die, and, right. they, and like yeah. the banter is so forced. Yeah, like it's almost like James Cameron is like trying so hard to be a human being. Like it's almost like he's an android. <laughs> it could be that might be why. So I was thinking about this before too. I've always sort of had a problem with him with Cameron yeah. and his movies, even though he's done several movies that I really love. Like uh, so, I like this film a lot more than you do. But this T two Aliens. Yeah. Um, and the abyss. Those films, I really like. I, I really love the abyss, honestly. Uh, and True wrote, Lies is good. True Lies isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not it's bad. It's not bad. And yeah. uh, and Titanic's good. Never saw Titanic, but for it's some so reason we, we're gonna we, we yeah, will you will see. It. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll watch it for this show, but I've just never really been interested. And even Avatar is beautiful. It's a it's not a good film. I'm down in Avatar. It's not a good film, but it's beautiful. I saw it in in the theater in 3D, and it was like one of the most impressive things, spectacles that I've seen. It's Avatar not a good film. is the ultimate James Cameron movie. It's yeah. It's beautifully done. Yeah. It's uh, and it's just the characters are the worst. It's yeah. like horrible. It's almost like it's the characters are so very one dimensional, right? And it Absolutely. destroys the entire movie. It, it does. It makes the movie completely meaningless. And James Cameron. We'll, we'll talk more about James Cameron. I think with other other uh, episodes we do of this show because sure. we'll run into him a lot. Yeah, T two. Um, and I kind of want to wait to do Titanic to do a lot of deep dives until you right. see Titanic to do any deep dives. Uh, on this, so we're gonna we will talk later on about Arnold Schwarzenegger and his Hall of Fame plaque, like we did the oh, yeah. Bullock Hall of Fame plaque for a time to kill. We're gonna do that with Arnold today. Uh, but Linda Hamilton, anything else, anything else in this movie that you I just really so resonates with you? She was more believable to me than I like the idea of he knew where she was going later on. Cameron knew that there maybe he didn't know there was gonna be a sequel, but he'd already thought of some of the concepts in the second film, like with the liquid. Yes. Um, all that stuff came early. They just couldn't right. they couldn't figure out how to technically do it. So I think, you know, when he knows that she's gonna be the leader of the resistance in the future and teach her son John to, you know, to to stop the machine uprising, you see her change from the girly girl in the beginning to someone who is a lot more capable. She's dragging Reese around as he's as he's mortally wounded. I thought she did a pretty good job with the character personally, particularly knowing what she is in T2 as a fucking badass, shredded, like no messing around woman. I thought she's, I don't think she's very good in this. I think she was yeah. great in T2. Yeah. It's the thing is like T2 is like such a better version of this movie, which is the same movie. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so much better. So it's hard. Now, that's not really fair to this movie though, because if I saw this movie say, and I did, you know, in 1989, oh, this is a pretty good science fiction movie. This yeah. is pretty entertaining. Really cool concepts. Oh, wow. The, uh, the skull, uh, the skeleton yeah. at the end is yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, it's a really good job. And I know the, it looks kind of clunky now. Oh, one thing that my favorite thing that was so clunky, this would be my new Twitter background pick <laughs> good, for sure, good, good. is Schwarzenegger's uh, face yes, with his eye. no eyebrows. And, 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 he has yeah. this weird, like, lumpy face. I guess that was, uh, they did that with um, 
I know, puppets or what would they do that with? Barbara said that she thought that was not. A, I thought it was like a, a mask over him, but it's not. It it's was. Not. A, it was like a robot or something that they made. It was some sort of. I think yeah, it was like puppet. A puppet. Yeah. They, they made. They made. Spe- which makes more sense. And I guess they spent a lot of time on it, which <laughs> probably is sad. Uh, but that will be a new Twitter background pick for sure. They spent like six months on the on the metal skeleton too. They spent a lot of time well, that with that in stop good. motion. It did. That I mean, the re- motion's a little the weird, motion, but yeah. When he doesn't move, though, it looks like, if he's, great. Like, oh, with his limbs, right? Like, yeah. Arms and legs. If it's just his head moving. He's fucking scary. He is fucking scary. It's like, wow. Like, James, you know, the, the ideas in this... So that's what's cool about doing T2, I imagine, for Cameron, was he took the best of this movie, the best ideas and the best, like, kind of, like, effects, the, the best yeah. parts, and he was able to put them in a movie, combine that with great special effects, as well as him becoming a better director. Yeah. Linda Hamilton becoming a better actress. Yep. And uh, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger becoming right. a better actor. Yeah, he had, like, he had less than 100 words in this one, Schwarzenegger. That yeah, was I mean, he just lines. walked around, you know, it yeah. was, you know just it tried to scary. be scary. Uh, but... He was able to make T two just such a better version of this. That's why it's kind of hard to, it's hard to critique this movie. I guess for me because I know the, you know what I mean. I yeah, just, it's, it's I almost see. like it's almost like a critiquing a rough draft. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there was a few other things that I found when I was like looking through. Did you know this was a like a fever dream for uh, for that. Cameron? I didn't know that until I looked he, it up. Yeah, yeah, he was he was sort of sick, and then you know he had nightmares, and he had nightmares of like this metal torso with knives or something coming after him, and that's and what his spawned agent, this. His agent didn't want to do this. No, his agent was, and so we fired his agent that's over great. it. He's like, you shouldn't do this. I'm like, fuck you. I'm the artist, bitch. My favorite thing about this movie uh, is the casting for the robot. So, oh yeah, they wanted oh. Stallone who passed, and they wanted somebody else who passed. Gibson. Uh, who Mel Gibson? Well, no, yes. they wanted Stallone and Gibson actually right. for for Reese's character. That's oh, was what that they what it was for? Was yeah. it the robot? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and uh, Cameron was interviewing Schwarzenegger for Reese's character right. as well, and was like, "You probably saw this too, where where he's like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to make Schwarzenegger hate me, so he won't do this film." But he really liked Schwarzenegger and was like, "Oh, this is not Reese, but he's a fucking Terminator all day." But they wanted O.J. Simpson for <laughs> yes. the for the robot. <laughs> yes, but he wasn't believable as a killer. I know <laughs> that is a real thing. That's why I, he didn't get the part. They did not believe that O.J. Simpson could be a murderer. I read that too, and I was like, "This is fucking that is fantastic." <laughs> um, yeah, com- we talked about yeah. Oh, the other thing is, I just want to say, I thought the action scenes really held up too. Besides, like you know, the stop motion with the with the robots a little bit dated, but I, you know, the car scenes and some of the fight scenes and the gun like that that all looked. I felt like this isn't with the technology they had at the time. This is completely believable. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, the tech not like Cameron is great with special effects. I mean, he's yeah. obviously like a T two. I mean, that's that's one of the most, and it still kind of holds up. He's really good. The stuff in Titanic holds up. Avatar, yeah. obviously, the effects alone are you know I, I don't like to care for the movie, but yep. the effects are amazing. Yep. Like Cameron, Cameron, there's a few better than him. Uh, he's maybe the best technical director of our lifetime ever. Probably. I mean, he's in that argument. I wanted to ask you too. Um, so he does like uh, female heroes. Mm-hmm. Like he he directed Aliens as well with yep. Sigourney Weaver, and there are some parallels I think between the two characters. Do you have a preference between uh, between Ripley and uh, and Hamilton? Yeah. Oh yeah, I Ripley all day. Yeah, I, Ripley Sigourney Weaver is right. a very yeah, talented actress. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I, I I'm not a big Linda Hamilton fan. I don't think she's no, very good. No. I think she. You know, she hasn't done a lot of work. She, you know, she did Beauty and the Show. In, oh, that's um, right. In the, in the 80s. Before this, she was in a horror film. Yeah. Too, but, she, I can't remember. It was, oh, no, she was in, um, she was in one, uh, oh, uh, Children of the Corn. Before that's this. what it was. Well, she's not Corn. very good in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, I, I don't think she's much of an actor. She's not, she's not my cup of tea, but yeah. I think Sigourney Weaver is like, an, yeah, like yeah. an incredibly talented actress. Yeah. Beyond these kind of movies. Yeah. Aliens is, is a, 
a very is a, one of my favorites too. So it's good, and yeah, one. a lot of people from this were in Aliens. Uh, Bean, yeah, that's right. Henriksen. Yep. Um, I know I think you might forget any somebody, but yeah, I uh, he does use same kind of, score. Uh, music, uh, whoever, what was the guy? F- uh, fight, uh, Fetal, I think the guy who did the score. I think uh, did Aliens as well. The score for this is great. Oh, it is great. Yeah, it's uh, really good. That theme song is really good. It's really jerky. Did you did you read it all about it? No. So w- this continues our conversation in 84 about um, using synthesizers yes. and scores. And this is another example of that. It keeps happening in these movies. Uh, this was, happened to be a Prophet 10. We talked about the Prophet 5 before, but the Prophet 10 had a um, had a had like a drum machine component to it. I've never owned one or played with one, so I'm not too familiar. But a drum machine component to it. And he, he was messing around with that. And... Like created this really herky jerky rhythm. It's not a straight like, like a like a four four beat that you're. It's it's thirteen sixteen. I won't bore you into the details of that, but it's it's like it's really jerky. It it sounds off. Um, but he does like some really smart melodies over it, and he said he wanted it to sound like the heartbeat of a mechanical man. And oh, I thought right. he really sort of dun da dun da dun, you know, and then space dun da dun da dun type of thing. I was like, oh yeah, that that's that's what that's it does pretty sound cool. Like. And that's in the beginning, you know, in the beginning and the end. And the end. Too, yeah. uh, and like and it, once again, like kind of the rough draft element. T two has the same yeah. score, but I think it's better. Like it's a better version of that same score. Like I, I feel don't like remember. every element of like this is just like it's a, tweaked a little bit better in the ninety one version. And yeah. it's like oh, it's that's what I mean. I'm having a hard time really because if I attack this movie. He, I mean, it's, for its time, it was, it was fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's, yeah, you know, it, uh, you know, it's not going to be in my top five or bottom five. It's going to probably be in the middle there somewhere. For me. It won't crack my top five, but I do like this film more yeah. than you do. Um, all right, did you want to talk about the Schwarzenegger stuff? I do. I think that's it let's for do, uh, through Arnold's for Terminator. Uh, so how this works? We did this in the Time to Kill episode. Um, what we do is we take a a Hall of Famer, so someone that Matt and I both kind of agree would be like in the movie. Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. In my mind, my warped <laughs> fucking mind, that I think about this kind of stuff. Every year, one actor and one actress, in theory, would get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, you know, it'd probably be what you figure, you know, 100 actors, 100 actresses in this imaginary Hall of Fame I have. And I think we both agree Arnold Schwarzenegger would yeah, yeah. be in this Hall Absolutely. of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Arnold obviously never nominated for an Oscar. So, not the critical, uh, but certainly enough of a movie star. Absolutely. That, uh, that he would he would get in. So, how this works is just like the Baseball Hall of Fame, you only, Baseball Hall of Fame, you only are allowed to have one team on your on your plaque. So, if you are, say, Ricky Henderson, you know, he had the A's on his on his hat. But yeah. he also had great years with the Yankees right. and, you know, with, with other teams as well. So, but he decided the A's were his most iconic team. So, we're kind of looking for the most iconic movie that these stars, and we'll go through their. Uh, most of their filmography, you know, kind of the bigger movies, yeah. and then we'll kind of talk. So how it works is it starts with the top movie. So, uh, for instance, for Sandra Bullock, the very first movie was Demolition Man. So yeah. you start there, and then, we, you know, you work your way work down. Your way down. Uh, and then you constantly just keep updating your uh, iconic movie yeah. uh, Hall of Fame plaque. Okay, we so, do it. Uh, we'll start with a documentary, Pumping Iron. This is the movie he does where he, he's kind of, you know. This is the weed-smoking movie, I think. Pumping iron is a doc- doesn't he? I know, yeah. Does he smoke I, yeah, I think he smokes a joint. It. Not really what it's known for. No, no, no. It's um, not, no. But he he does. Uh, <laughs> he's a bodybuilder and just kind of showing this bodybuilding competition. But there's a lot of like kind of iconic, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, young Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. is you know kind of this bodybuilder. So I guess we'll start with that. So now we both must agree. So we don't need to agree on the final answer, but we agree that Pumping Iron is his most iconic role so far. So far. Yeah. Okay. So then he does um, some smaller movies, but then in '82 he does Conan the Barbarian. Uh, and he follows it up in 84 with Conan the Destroyer. Right, so the Conan franchise versus Pumping Iron? Yeah. I put Conan above that. Uh, I'm going to stick with Pumping Iron for now. Okay. Um, the Conan movies, did, did you like those? 
Uh, the first one, yes. Yeah, and that's how it was. The box office, the first one was success. The second one was Yeah, I mean, he doesn't talk a lot. I mean, he might have said five, I don't know, five sentences in that movie. He well, doesn't talk a lot. That leads us into our next movie, The Terminator. <laughs> right. Uh, this one, uh, I say this is a more iconic. Absolutely. The, yes, the franchise of the, yes, absolutely. Or, you know, at least The Terminator 1. I guess. I we'll mean, have, even The we'll Governator, to, like, people right. know him for this role. This yeah. is a very, yeah, we will have to decide between the sequels, I think. Um... Like, you can't... Well, that's... I mean, two... But, I but we'll, we'll get yeah. there. All right. Okay. So, right now, it's Terminator. So, the next movie he did in 85 was Red Sonja. That was a... Um, Don't know it. Yeah, it was like a Viking movie. It was with Bridget Nielsen. Not good. Mm. Uh, in 85, he also did Commando. Yeah, still Terminator. Still Terminator for me as well. In 86, he, he did Raw Deal. That's with uh, James Belushi. Yeah, um, still, uh, still Terminator. Still Terminator. Uh, in 87, he did two movies. He did Predator and The Running Man. Now, this is tough. Predator is... This uh, is a tough one. The Running Man, I think, is a little... It's, it's a fun movie. It's I like, like The Running it's Man. It's like Anaconda. It's like yep. fun, schlocky, but it's like entertaining. Yeah, based on Stephen King uh, novella, I believe, yep. of the same name. It was totally different. I, re I read that and watched yeah. the film. Totally different. But uh, I really liked that film as a kid. But Predator, Predator is, is such an awesome... It's to me, it's an awesome film. I love that film. Predator is like the perfect version of that an Anaconda movie we talked about. Oh yeah, it's like a fun, schlocky. It's not going to win any Oscars, but it's just entertaining. Kind of a wild, diverse cast, and it's just like kind of a fun ride. Really, Predator fun. does that movie does that about as well as any movie ever. I gotta say, even the sequel, like the various sequels of Predator, are and this one's the best great one to make. Monster me, but, too. Yes, great monster. Um, but I still think Terminator is more iconic role. It's yeah, I hate to. I yes, you're right. Um, yeah. So then we go into 1988. He does two movies. He does Red Heat. Um, I remember that one. Not, yeah, I know. Yeah. And then Twins. Okay, no. I, Twins is very, I, it was a huge, I think Twins was, a, I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe it doesn't hold up. But when I saw it, it's, it was very funny. Yeah. Um, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is great, but. Separated at birth. When I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, though, Twins or Terminator, I'm thinking Terminator. Yeah, of course, Terminator. Um, in 19, he doesn't do any movies in, in 89, but he does two in 90, and both are huge. This is kind of peak Arnold. Yeah, uh, this is this is the peak of this run at yep. this point, and we'll eventually get there where the run completely falls off. But this is the top of the mountain. I think he does two movies: Total Recall, yeah, Kindergarten Cop. Those you, are huge successes and two diverse huge. movies. One's a science fiction, one's a and then one's a comedy, and yep. they both work really well. Is there who's he playing off of in Kindergarten Cop? Is there anybody else? Because does he have to carry that movie? He carries it. There's like it a does, woman, and kids. There's like a love interest, and there's like yeah. other cops that he works with. But um, that's yeah, it, that's huh? his movie. He does a good job with that, then. Total Recall, too. I mean, Total Recall. Oh, yeah. like that shot of him, like, screaming. Oh, like, yeah. Like, uh, or fit, like the, when he's in the fat suit. And yeah. uh, uh, there's all sorts of really cool stuff. But he's I still think Terminator... Terminator. I don't know what fat suit he's Yeah, yeah. He's trying to get through. I think he travels to Mars, and he's trying to get through. It oh, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sort of like, I don't know. It kind of collapses off him. Yeah, there's a lot of... I Yeah, I really... Oh, yeah, Terminator. Okay. I, I really love Total Recall too. Total Recall and and uh, and, and Predator to me are are huge in my life. I love those films. Yeah, those those are those are two. Damn. Um, okay, so ninety one, he does one movie, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Right. And I put this ahead of Terminator. Well, yeah, yeah. Him yeah. on the motorcycle. Yep. Um, oh, I know, because he's on a, like a little Ducati in this one, and I was like, that doesn't that seem right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, put him on the Harley with the, with the sunglasses. You just like yeah. it, that to me is like yep, absolutely. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah. That that that's gonna be tough to beat. I will T2. say. Yeah. Um. 93, he does two movies. Oh, I'm sorry, one movie, he, uh, really, where he's the star. Uh, Last Action Hero, which is not... Yeah, I don't was, remember that. That was a misstep. Good, yeah. 94, he does two movies, and this is the this is the beginning of the end here. Uh, True Lies, which is yep. a huge hit. Yep. And then he does Junior, which we talked about uh, right. last week. Right, I forgot. Um, which he's pregnant, and that's kind of where it all falls apart. But yeah. uh, True Lies, or, or T2, I guess, is the question now. Oh, it's definitely T2. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, it's probably going to be T2, but we'll go through these quickly here, because th this is the end is brutal. Is it? So, then 96, he does Eraser. Yeah, I saw it. Not good. And Jingle All the Way. 
I probably saw it. Don't remember it. It's like a comedy with Sinbad. Oh, yeah. It's really... Oh, Sinbad. Jingle all the way. And then in 97, he does Batman and Robin, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. 99, End of Days. Not good. No. 2000, Sixth Day. Don't, I saw it. Don't remember it. 2002, Collateral Damage. Saw it. Don't remember it. And then in 2003, he does do Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, which yeah. was a big hit. Um, it was the most expensive movie ever made at that point in time. They keep doing that because uh, Terminator 2 was the most expensive at was that it? time. Yeah, it was. It was 100-something um, million. This was uh, 185, I think, yeah. to make. Um, it's since been dwarfed, but... Yeah. Uh, this and this movie was a pretty big hit, but I I, I barely I, ne- I mean I actually don't remember. I barely remember. It, it was like Nick Stahl was in it. It's not a not a memorable movie. It's T two to me. It's still yeah. Um, and then he was then he's the governor. That's right. Um, from two thousand three to two thousand eleven, he's definitely really out. He does a couple of small things here and there, and then he does do uh, the Expendables. Oh right, and there's a are there two or three? There's of those? three of them. One yeah. of them is a cameo. The other two he has made more like supporting roles in them. But I think I watched maybe the first one, and they made a lot of money, didn't they? They made a lot of money. Yeah. And Stallone um, owns a chunk of those. Like that, he got a lot of money. Yeah, good those. for him. Yeah. I, the first one, it didn't really appeal to me. I don't really care. That style of action film, like just the running around, blowing people up thing, just doesn't do it for me. me. We're gonna, we're, we'll likely run into those. So yeah, those were pretty. I'm big sure. Hits. Um, and he does. Uh, this is like it's just, it, you know, he he's the governor, and then he comes back. It just it never quite worked again. Yeah. He does. Uh, the Last Stand, Escape Plan, Sabotage. Don't I'm know. just gonna run right through these. You know, Expendables three. We call Maggie. Aftermath, Killing Gunther. I mean, and then he does. He last year he did do Terminator: Dark Fate, right? Which, which, which was ridiculous. He's like, it wasn't good. So old, and, and Linda old. Hamilton's in it, and she's yeah, old. She's old, and it, it just, it just didn't work. The other actress I really like too, but she's from a Halt and Catch Fire. I can't remember her name offhand, but that's uh, right. Uh, um, which I, I love her as an actress, but that wasn't that movie good. bombed. It wasn't good, and uh, you know, it is funny how fast it, it kind of collapses for him. Though, yeah, right there, it, you can almost like, and when he became the governor, it almost kind of saved him in a way because you forgot how brutal that collapse was right. from like ninety five to two thousand two. But what can he do? He's not the best um, dramatic actor, so you know, and and when you rely on your physique, you know, that's a, that's a lot, a lot of kind of his his gift is is to be sure. kind of a physical actor. I mean, what do you, what do you do at this point? What do you what roles do you what I roles mean, do you do? I think he tried to do those comedies, but even those yeah. comedies were still kind of tied to his physique. They were like the reason it's funny that he's a kindergarten teacher is because he's so giant, right? You know, right. if he's like a, a nethish looking guy, he's built like I am, all scrawny. <laughs> it's not like oh, no, that not guy's a kindergarten teacher. All right, fine, yeah. I guess you know. Uh, but that so you're right. Everything was kind of tied back to that to that image we have of yep. him. And then when it's not believable of a middle or like an old man doing these things, he just doesn't have anything left to offer. No, he doesn't. You know, and yeah. unfortunately from a film perspective, from an acting perspective, it's just not there. Yeah. Um, but I think, so we both agree T2 then. Yeah, that's that's what... That, so we, that, did, that's we disagreed hat. on Sandra Bullock, but for this we agree? Yeah, what it, we did disagree on. Yes, we totally agree. I T2. Said, I said speed for Sandra Bullock. You said yeah, gravity. Yeah, I said gravity, yeah. yeah so yeah. what I'll do is I'll put up a poll. I'll, I'll pick kind of the four most iconic. I'll, I'll do Terminator. I'll do a couple other ones. Yeah. Um, and then we can, we can see what you guys say, uh, if you guys agree with us or not. Sounds good. Should we move on to uh, the song? We should. Caribbean Queen. Yeah. By Billy Ocean. So this song is so fucking long. So this song is over seven minutes long. Well, that's because you got the extended. You were listening to the Did extended I, I cut version. To, I, you just listen to the radio cut, and then you don't have to go for seven dude, minutes. I, so I live like nine minutes away from Matt. So every time <laughs> before we do a show, I make sure I listen to the song one last time yeah. on the way over here. And then I usually sit in silence from whenever the song ends to whenever I get here, and I kind of just think about what, okay. what I'm going to yeah. or what I'm going to talk about you know, on the show. I just want to kind of put you know, put ideas together. So you had no time. That's why you're not coming in as hot today. It's because you only had two minutes to think about it before you came in. Matt's critiquing my performance. <laughs> no, today. it's been good. Uh, I'm just joking. Of course it's been good. Uh, no, but yeah, so no, so like, like is this song going to be longer than the drive? What the fuck? <laughs> I know, it never I know. ends. I, I'm down on this song, by the way. Okay. Um, but all right, go ahead. 
So Billy, I just there. I have a kind of a systematic way that I want to go through this. So right. first, I want to talk Don't about you. Billy Ocean a little bit, then the album, then the song. I kind of want to go that way. I like his name, down. Billy Ocean. That's yeah, a cool name. Wish you, my name was Billy Ocean. It could be. Uh, do you do you know how he got it? No. That's not his, uh, That's given, not his name. given name. Uh-uh. Right. No, no. So Billy Ocean was born Leslie Sebastian Charles uh, in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, name Les Charles. Isn't Les Charles one of the guys that created Cheers? Oh, I don't know. You would know that better than me. You would know that. Uh, I believe you. Look that up. I'm not looking at it. Fuck you. I told the audience. I'll tell. Well, we'll look at it up after. I'm, I'm in the middle. Of, so angry. I'm in the middle of Caribbean Queen oh, so here. God, God forbid. Going <laughs> next. Uh, okay, so Leslie Chab- Sebastian Charles emigrates. Uh, right, immigrates to England as like a kid, and you know he's always been involved in music, loved music since he was a child, and he and he started playing the club scene there when he was like a teenager. Changed his name to Billy Ocean because of his favorite football team, well, soccer team. The, his local team in Trinidad and Tobago was called Ocean's Eleven, which is kind of funny. Oh, that, right. That's what it was called. Like 11 people on the field, but also, you know, whatever. You, right. you get the pop culture yeah, reference. Yeah, so that he, he named himself Billy Ocean. Um, he had some, he's had a much longer career than I knew about. See, he was always in the back of my mind. I remember his hits. He's in the like background of, like, of morals and doctor's offices yes. too. Like, yeah, absolutely. He's just always there. But I've never been, and we'll get into this, but I've never listened to his songs and been so like i need to change the station on this. like they've always been good enough where i'm fine with it it's just me it might yeah. be different for you i don't get the same vibe or i never got the same vibe from him as i did from like maroon five it where i'm like i gotta get the fuck away how about from a this similar shit. person how about like um i don't know like gloria stefan though i like him better than Gloria. i understand the compare that's actually pretty apt i think and i'm i you know she is it's, she's less compelling to me than, than me his too. music. I, I think he's less annoying than yeah, she is. Yeah, but I think I know why, and I'm going to get into okay. that in a minute because that that's very important. So, uh, so he had some hits before. Like he was a he was doing stuff. He even charted when in the mid '70s. He had like a I can't remember the song. But it was like a top twenty hit on Billboard. Uh, Latoya Jackson covered a couple of his songs. You know, kind of elevating him a bit. So he was doing things, but it wasn't until this album, uh, which is called what is this one? Oh, uh, suddenly. This album suddenly, suddenly and that song is suddenly legit. yeah and right that's, that's all, a right legit song. where he yeah. just went international yeah so suddenly is the name of the album and it spawned four number one hits or not number sorry four uh, charting hits I think they were all top ten wow Caribbean Queen yep Lover Boy yep wanna be your lover lover boy do you know that one I, I knew that one right. uh, suddenly which yep, yep, suddenly yep. Um, and Mystery Lady, which I didn't know. I listened oh, to it again in it, right. but that also charted. Maybe they weren't all top 10, but anyway, they all charted. He sold two and a half million copies with this album. The song uh, Caribbean Queen sold one and a half million. Wow. So it was pretty good, but Caribbean Queen is kind of a, is, I, I don't really, I won't know. I don't know how well it worked. And I, cause I tried to do some research and I couldn't find it, but and I'm going to look some more. But Caribbean Queen, did you know he released it as four different songs? He changed um, like one word. Instead of Caribbean Queen, he had European Queen. He had African Queen, oh, and another right. one. I can't remember the fourth okay. one. Um, and sold so sold it like based on locale. Sure. So the Caribbean Queen charted and sold in North America and England and sold one point five million. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't find how I was trying to look up to see if you know how much how many albums African Queen sold. Or European Queen, I couldn't find those numbers, but I'm wondering. It's kind of a sly marketing move to do that. I'm wondering if it actually helped, and he maybe sold more globally because. Imagine of that. buying this thing. Imagine like going to a record store, like drive a record store, and you get in. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know what song single I gotta buy? I gotta buy a Caribbean Queen, 
and you go and you plunk down your three dollars or two dollars yeah. for the single. Can you imagine doing that? Like a million and a half people did that. Yeah, I, they wanted to hear that. Like just like I got to hear Caribbean Queen. Like so I don't understand so, that anyway. Like why people were buying singles and not albums. You I'm, ever I've never done that when you were a kid. I'm, Probably I did, but so infrequent. I was very infrequent as well. Very, yeah. I I can't even remember. I, I can't remember one that I did. I'm sure I probably yeah, did, I'm or someone boat. gave it to me. But no, because I just want I I want to listen to the album. Yeah, right. and see what this is all about. Um. So, okay. So this song and this album basically glo- goes global, and he gets big. And it's this album, and then a couple more. He did. Um, so there were a few other songs after this, like When the Going Gets Tough from, I can't remember if it's Romancing of the Stone or Jewel yep. of the Nile, one of those. Yep. I like those films too as a kid. I haven't seen them forever. I haven't but, seen them forever, yeah. That'd be, uh, it, but they were entertaining. I'm sure we'll hit, hit those as well. Those, I hope so, yeah. Those, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, those, that'd be an interesting rewatch. Uh, and then Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car was another one. My favorite Billy Ocean song. That's a good one too, which that was in a movie too. License to Drive, I think it was. Oh, with Corey Haim? With Corey Haim oh, and uh, I can't Corey remember Feldman, the woman. Right? Uh, I think Feldman was in it too, yeah. Uh, so that would that would have been yeah. early '90s, I think. Yeah, late '80s, early '80s, yeah. yeah. So so he's kind of been the you know from '84 through '90 or '91 or something. He was kind of in the background of our of our consciousness for a long time and in pop culture for a long time. So I thought so to me, I'm like, okay, this guy sort of an under under the radar, didn't make trouble, just kind of released six or seven hits, sold a bunch of albums, good little career. Yeah, good for good for Billy Ocean. Yeah. Okay, so then let's get to the song. So, I, you know, he's not someone that I ever would seek out to listen to his music. But, but like I said before, when he was on, I, I wouldn't necessarily change the channel um, because their songs were written good enough, and they were—I don't know—they were familiar enough. But what, I, a, what a recommendation it, by Matt! I know, I know, I, I, I know. I, I wouldn't change the channel. I'm trying to. It's because yeah. Well, we'll get into the next thing. Um, so I, but when we do this, of course, I get—I put my critical ears on and. I start to listen. Sure. So the first thing that happened to me when this time um, is, so I want to play you something. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I started listening to it and, and there are three components of the song. So I'm going to play a little, little clip of it. Three components of the song I want you to listen for. There's, uh, there's the bass, which is doom, boom, 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 boom. There's a, a keyboard comp, which is like a, uh, uh. And then there's a, uh, and then there's a guitar comp. And uh, here it is. Oh, maybe. Here it is. Hear that keyboard? Yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You hear those three elements, right? And I'm like, that sounds familiar to me. I wonder what the fuck that is. And I want to remind you that we're in 1984 right now. Well, there's a little song that you might remember from 1982. (laughs) Yeah, Billy Ocean, the thief. The bass, the keyboard comp, and the the guitar comp. So, I and what triggered it for me was the guitar comp. I was like, that is so iconic to me because it's a strat. I think it's a strat. I don't know exactly, but I think it's a Stratocaster guitar. That's what it sounds like through a tube amp. That's what it sounds like with a little bit of chorus and a little bit of delay on it. I know that comp because I know. I mean, I know Michael Jackson really well anyway. But that that sticks out to me, and I was like, huh, that sounds like Billie Jean. Just the guitar comp. So I played them both, and I was like. Wait a minute. That sounds like the keyboard. Uh, uh, uh. Wait a minute. That sounds like the fucking. <laughs> that sounds like the fucking bass. Oom, bum, 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 bum. It is a direct fucking ripoff. Wow. So you're down on Billy Ocean. I. It pissed me off. Yeah. Good, I was good. so yeah. mad when I saw that. So fucking mad, dude. Now, 
there's a. I want to play this for you too. All right. <laughs> Sorry, this got me. It, it really, it got me. Sound effects. Do you hear that? No. So there's, this from this is what I want to talk about. If you listen to it, there's, there's a sound effect for each of these things. It's so on the nose. Yeah. There's the eyes and there's the laser eyes the, one. There's like yeah, but it's like yep. he says electricity. Yep. And for electricity, they play lasers. It's yep. so cheesy and lame. I have real issues with it. But did you hear what that was? Tiger. That was a laugh. That was a Vincent Price laugh. No. Yes. No. Go back. Can you play that again? Yeah. Of course I can. I don't. I don't, I don't. Right? Why would he do that? Because he's a fucking thief. No. Yes, he's a fucking thief. They fucking he fucking stole this from Michael Jackson. No. A bunch of shit. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because he couldn't come up with a creative idea of his own. But he didn't even need to have these sound Dude. effects in there, though. Oh, I know. That's totally Vincent Price. So remember, we were talking about the song "Suddenly" on this album. Yes. Yeah, That's a direct ripoff of Lionel Richie. It is. That is. Fucking it hello. Absolutely is. No, yeah, even like Well, yeah, yeah. There's other ones. There uh there were no, other songs on the totally sound that's Lionel Richie. And it yeah. even, it's even yeah. sung in his style. It yeah. even sounds oh, like Oh, I know. Dude, the first line, the first line of Caribbean Queen is she dashed by me and painted on jeans. I swear he did that Billie because Jean? in his head because of <laughs> Billy Jean. Fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Down with you, Billy Ocean. Oh, I was we, so we mad. Just, we just exposed Billy Ocean. Dude. So Billy right. So then I look back. Were people giving him shit at the time for this? Yeah, yeah. Not really. Someone asked him. I, I couldn't find anything. I found someone. Uh, there was a couple Reddit threads that I saw. Hey, look, this is him. But not done by musician. Like someone who had a critical ear who was educated in this shit, who could tear it down and like look at it. But someone asked him apparently in 2000, hey, did you ever notice that there was a similarity between between <laughs> Caribbean Queen and Billie Jean? What did he say? And he, he said, no songs are original. Oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, this made me so mad because, like, here's so it's the not like, but he could have said, like, no, actually, it's kind of a tribute, or if you listen, you can even hear that the Vincent Price. You could, you could have like leaned into it a bit. Yep. Like, no, no, that's it was intentional. Like, we're right, and of course, that is like an acceptable answer. And I knew you were going to tell me that. Right. I knew you were going to say that to me, and and so I want to talk a little bit about what homage is. So homage, so we've talked about this before. Music, there are only twelve notes, right? So really. There's only so many combinations of those 12 notes that you can do. I feel like music is a lot harder than some of the other arts, like like painting. You could have in kind of an infinite amount of, of colors. You can just take a color and you can add a little bit of white or a little bit of black to it, and it's a totally different hue. So you're sort of unlimited in what you can do with a painting or even a sculpture, right? But you're not with music. You're very limited with those. And I like, I like working that way. I like having parameters and trying to figure out something creative within those parameters. But really the gift that, that, the, that artists have, the way that they, they can make things unique is all the other stuff. It's like, how do you melodically arrange it? So kind of vertic uh, horizontally. How do you harmonically, so, uh, vertically arrange the notes? How do you, you, know, how do you, how, how do, you do it in time? So in what time signature and, and, and how fast or how slow? Or what instrumentation do you use? What lyrics do you use? Like, how do you record it? What effects are you using? All those things are what makes it unique. And, and I think like a lot of times, musicians are, their writers are, are always like at kind of the whim of what they experience in life. And so I'm sure he heard Thriller, loved Thriller. And it'd be one thing to like take one element of it, like one small element and 
do it in your own way or add it in with uh, other sort of, uh, mix it in with your own style or whatever. But he took... He took everything about that song and put it in. Everything about. There are other bands that do homages much better. Uh, a good uh, representation of this for me is. Do you know? Um, do you know Vampire Weekend? Yeah, of course. I love Are, them. Oh, good. They're cool. my favorite band. Like, I love them. Currently, working. Contra and uh, Modern Vampire in the City. Those two uh, albums, I fucking love those. There's a song. Do you know White uh, White Sky off of Contra? It's doom doom boom 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 boom. Yep. Boom boom boom. I heard that song and I was like, oh my god. I finally get who these people are, who Vampire Weekend is. They are severely influenced by Paul Simon. Oh, yes. That's right. a very, yeah. and I, but I didn't get it until that song. And I love Paul Simon. Me that, too. That's Huge a, Paul Simon fan. That song is very similar to, um, to uh, uh, something like, I don't want no part of this. Cra oh, Crazy Love off of, uh, off of Graceland. Graceland is one of my top five albums. Amazing it's album. top five. I love it. Me too. But it is, it's just a little, it's like sort of the feel of it and the, just like the gate of it, not, not even, there's just little elements that drove, that's like, okay, this reminds me of, that's an homage. That's an homage. They took their own creative spin. He's got amazing vocals on the song where he does. It's like, ooh, 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 like really crazy vocals on it. Um, totally different, but an homage to someone he obviously loves. That's an homage. This is a fucking theft. This is worse than Ray Parker Jr. Do, uh, stealing fucking Ghostbusters from I Want a New Drug. Which we talked this about on, on the Ghostbusters episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, that's, that's, the, I almost think the suddenly, now you bring that up, that is like a, It's bad. That's really I listened bad. to that and hello today because I listened... I was listening to the album. I'm like, I wonder if he did this again. And that came up and I'm like, you fucking prick. I think our podcast is going to explode out because we find... We, we've... I know people have been waiting for Billy Ocean's takedown for a while. <laughs> they and we finally, finally done it. did it. I think this is Fuck gonna, you, Billy! This is going to make us big. I think uh, this, this, is, this is what people have been waiting for. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's... Uh, I just spent the last 15 minutes, like, destroy. I, I think that's... I don't know if I need to say any more about this motherfucker, honestly. No, Do you I, have anything else you want to say? No. That was great. Good. Yeah. Fuck him. So we hate Billy Ocean. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, like, I, I would like, if he were, I would pee on him if he were here. Oh, I would. wow. Well, I'd pee on him. Kind of strange, but all right. Uh, it's <laughs> good. So, all right. So, this, so the official uh, Quantum Week uh, stance on Billy Ocean. We Fucking hate theft. Like theft. We don't like him. Thief asshole. Bad. Bad. All right. Good. Um, personal stories? Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Um, <laughs> I'll just say it because yours is going to be longer. Yep. I was in first grade, just started first grade. I just turned six years old. I was in North Andover living with my grandparents and my mom with my sister. There you go. That's it. Perfect. Okay. So <laughs> this is, uh, I just started kindergarten. I was in New York. As it goes with uh, anytime it's the early 80s, uh, I just tell my dad dull stories because I think they're more interesting than me talking about whatever I was doing in kindergarten. Yeah, sure. Um, where are we with time in the show? Oh, uh, it's 42 minutes. Okay, We're fine. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I talked a little bit. My dad was a stagehand at Radio City Music Hall yeah. um, from around 74 to around 84, around this time is actually when he left the music hall. Um, and the reason he left, and we'll get into this more if we ever run into 1980. I'll explain why. Uh, he really, like the, the music hall basically stopped being fun for him. Oh, okay. It, it happened kind of about 1980. The music hall got bought out and they changed Well, I hope it. we close that loop sometime. I'm sure we'll hit 1980 eventually. Yeah. I'm worried about what happens the second time we hit 1980 and I run out of my dad's stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to start asking strangers in the street when they remember what 1980. What are you doing? What are you doing in 1980? Uh, so, 84 is when he kind of went through, through, through this change where he was doing less stuff at the music hall and he was a part of a union, Local One. It was yeah. a union. Uh, you see it. It's uh, IATSE 
I-A-T-S-E. You've seen this stamp at the end of movies all the time. It just basically means that all the stagehands who worked in this movie were union. Okay. It's on, it's on basically every movie in the credits if you watch the end. Right. Um, so he was part of that union. The union also not only does movies and television, they also do Broadway shows. Okay. So he's like, hey, I don't really want to be musical anymore. It's not really fun. I'd like to do something else. So they, um, he has some tenure. So they, uh, basically how it works is you get bounced around to Broadway shows uh, as long as they run. Now, in Broadway, especially in the 80s, when shows were a little less expensive to produce, shows would open and close in one night, like, all the time. Really? Yeah, like, not all the time. I guess it's dramatic. But they would close more often, or, or they would last for, like, a couple weeks. Because no close. one would go, and they're like, this isn't financially viable. What so happened was, uh, they did it based on two things. You, you know, the reviews come out, and reviews are pretty... Back then, in the 80s, reviews had a lot of clout. That makes sense. There's no internet. There's no social media to, you know, right. to create buzz. It's so, like, between pre-sales being low, maybe, and then the bad reviews... That was basically like poison pill for these shows. They would close very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The other thing that would happen is, um, uh, the other thing that would happen is with these with these shows is that they weren't like movie renditions. So like now you have like the wedding singer. So you have kind of a built in audience right. for these things. Right. Um, with these, these were usually original or you know revivals of shows from like fifty years ago. So you didn't have kind of that built in fan base either. Okay. So my dad, um, the first show we went to was a show called Starlight Express. Yep, which was a famous. Is that movie. a Weber? Yes. Okay. Famous, like a famous Broadway kind of like disaster. It was all on roller skates. It's supposed to be in the future. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. But the set was really involved. So my dad actually really loved working on it because he helped kind of build the set. And, yeah. And putting it apart. It was I guess it was like a really it's like known for its lavish sets. I guess the script is terrible. The book's terrible. On the, uh, on the, there's only the good musical. one. There's only one good Weber, and that's Jesus Christ Superstar. That's it. I agree with. You to some extent. Okay. But that it, I, I love that. Yeah. Musical. Um, but so Starlight Express opened and closed pretty quick. And then he got shifted to another musical. And I have looked it up. And I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm going with stories my dad told me that are 25 years old. So I might not have the details right on this or not. But basically, it was a story about a little black kid that um, could tap dance. It wasn't the tap dance kid. It was like a ripoff yeah. of the tap dance kid. And this little boy kind of young kid, maybe eight or nine years old, um, was incredibly talented. And he kind of basically carried this whole show. And it was one of those musicals that opened and closed in like a week. Like it was just in and out. And uh, my dad told me, he remembers like as the show closed. So meanwhile, this little boy is, you know, basically, you know, this whole cast, all the union guys would get out of their jobs. So they weren't, they would just nearly get bounced to a different musical or yep. something. They were fine. Or they might even just wait it out and be at the musical uh, at the very same theater. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the cast, it's really kind of heartbreaking with that. Oh my God, it would be. All that preparation and work and then. And you're hoping like this is, done. is something you could, maybe you could get checks for a year right. from. So this little boy would sit there and he was consoling the crying cast members who were oh. adults, telling them like, it's okay, I'm sorry, this is my fault, it's on me. Oh. And my dad's like, these child stars, like this is awful what this yeah. industry is doing to these kids. Like he, he, my dad was really affected by that. Um, and then uh, from there is when he, uh, then he got put on his next show, which we'll, we'll talk about uh, another time. Uh, and that's what he did until we left New York. Was he, lucky he got onto to a hit show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, my dad always talks about that little boy, you know, basically hugging and consoling adults. God damn. And uh, yeah, and you know, this kid was, said, this is my fault. You know, I didn't, I didn't perform as well as I should have. Like, this is like basically <sighs> taking all of us on it. Like eight years old. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's brutal. You that's know, heartbreaking. That's like, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, these child stars, you know, my dad said he saw Brooke Shields and her mother back, I think it was Night of a Hundred Stars. We talked about that earlier. Yep, that's right. And I guess Brooke Shields' mom was just like a complete monster. And my dad's <sighs> just like, these child stars, like the stuff they go through, like they're, they're like part of a machine. It's yeah. like, it's awful. But yeah, child stars, it's a rough, you know, we talked about Corey Feldman in that last show. Like these child stars don't have it easy. They, they, they take a lot of pressure and it's you don't very think rare. of it when you're watching it. But like these, you know, a lot of times they're maybe 
providing for their families. That's right. That's exactly There's, like, what they're doing. There's all this yep. stuff going on. And then if you're, you know, if they're the lead of a show, they're also taking on the responsibility for the entire show. Right. I wonder how many how many people would would work on like a hit network show with a hundred people or fifty people. Yeah, between, between the cast and, and, I mean, and the yes. writers and so you basically have the responsible of them having people? a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. That's fucked up. Yeah. And no one I mean, it's no no wonder that there are very few of them who live well adjusted lives in their into their adult and their adulthood. It's not a good, and then Hollywood is so cutthroat. Like it's just, oh yeah, it's terrible. You stop being it's, cute. You go through your awkward state. It's really hard. It's it's gotta be rough. Yeah. So yeah, my dad. Every time I see, anytime I see a child start kind of struggling, I always think back to that little kid yeah. sitting there, like on the back of some set, like hugging some four year old man. Who's <laughs> Tell crying. him it's gonna be okay. Tell him it's sorry. gonna be okay, and it's my fault. Jesus yeah. Christ. All right. All right. Good story. Thanks. Should we talk about headlines? Let's do it. Uh, Puerto Rican oil tanker called the San Francisco exploded, dumping two million gallons of oil into the ocean. Wow. This week. All right. That's when did that, when did that affected gas price. Remember when, uh, probably. Yeah. The BP thing that affected gas price. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And other, and you know, the natural environment, but besides What's that, the cheapest, the cheapest gas I remember was 89 cents. It was 1998. Cause I was driving yep. and I was pumping it in my car. I remember thinking like, this is the cheap, I think it must've been cheaper when I was a little boy. I just don't remember it, but the cheapest gas I ever pumped in my car was 89 cents a gallon. I think it was something like that or cheaper when I was a uh, delivering pizza. It was definitely under a dollar. Under a dollar for a while. For a while, but I, yeah. I only remember being 89 cents once. I think... And it was in Rochester. I remember exactly. It was right across the street from the Lilac Mall. It used to be a gas station next to that VIP, if you know Rochester, New Hampshire. Right, yeah. And it was it was right there. That gas station's gone, by the way. But yes. But 89 cents is the cheapest I can remember pumping in my car. Yeah, because I would have been... I would have been earlier than that. It would have been 95 and 96 for me where I was delivering but I don't, pizza. I think it was, it was more like, expensive then. It went down. Maybe it start. It was remember because it was the late nineties. It went down in price. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. I do remember. I know exactly the gas station and where I was doing it and remembering it being under a dollar. Because it was a buck it. or more for most of the nineties. If you watch, the, was. if you watch Sopranos in the beginning credits. Oh, do you see the gas? I didn't you even see the notice. Gas, yeah. It's under a buck. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Because it was that, it was for the pilot. They shot that ninety nine or 80, yeah ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, it aired ninety nine. But yeah, that's funny. Uh, the first ever game at L A Memorial Sports Arena was played this week in 1984 against the, uh, the Clippers beat the Knicks. Oh, my God. Oh, it's an outdoor arena, isn't it? Um, I think Olympics. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Huh. Yeah, because when, what, were, were the Olympics in 84 in LA? Yeah. Okay, so that, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that must have been, early, that must have been the Summer Olympics, and it would have yes, been, so, what, okay. So, would, so we, they would have been over, it would have been. Yeah, June, then. July or must, something. Maybe they must have played an exhibition game or something. Yeah, it could have been. Because outdoor basketball, it wouldn't work, you would think. Uh, let's see. The 15th New York City Marathon was won by Orlando Pizzolasto in two hours, 14 minutes, and 53 seconds. I know someone just ran a marathon under two hours not, not, too, not too long ago. Not the New York. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was the New York. But uh, two hours, 14 minutes. Oh, okay. I'm training for the 5K, the Kirk Minahan 5K. Yeah, that'll probably take you about two hours too, I think. I, I'm faster than that. <laughs> I'll do it unless, are you training for it? Are you going to do it? The problem is, uh, remember when we, we kind of first met again after you came back yeah. two years ago oh, yeah. and I, was, I had knee surgery? That's I'm right. still not amazing with my ACL. Can uh, you walk? You know, you see me walk. And no, I bike can a you lot. walk for like three miles? Oh, or? yeah, no problem. Easy. Yeah, you I do, do it and walk it. Yeah, I'd rather run. I love to run. That's the thing. I love to run, and it's it it hurts my heart that I haven't been running. Honestly. So, are, do you think you just because the is the ACL right? It was the ACL and uh, and some meniscus tearing. So in there. can it's you not, not run? They tell I, you not to run? No, they didn't. No, not at all. In fact, I should run. be running. There's some there's some weirdness in there. Definitely oh, really? some weirdness. Yeah, there's like some bone, some some pain in the bone. It's almost like bruised, kind of where the they drill into a, two parts of your bone and like screw um, screw a, a new ligament in there. Hmm. So. That at that exact intersection, that point is where it's like sore. It's weird. Eh, okay. I might, I might, right. I want to. I really right. want 
but I can walk it too. It's, but it's just like, I'd rather, I, I, I really want to run. It hurts my heart. Beat you. If I don't run, you'll beat me. Definitely. I mean, I can walk but if pretty you fast. do run, I'll beat you. No, I doubt it. Okay. I mean, I can do. Yeah, you haven't run in years. I, I, I haven't. No, but I used to do so five k. I'm guessing I'll beat you. I used to be really fast. All right. Yeah, back in the day, but you know, I'm older now. Uh, Tigers reliever Willie Hernandez. Yes, he wins MVP and Cy Young. Well, this week he won the Cy Young. He would win the MVP, and then it must have been next week that he wins the MVP. Yeah. Um, what a year for him because the Tigers also reliever. won the World Series. That's that year. right. Yeah, they won like 104, 105 games or something that year. Yeah, they were. They got off to a 35 and five start. Oh, that's crazy. That's like the yeah. That's right. And then so he won because. Uh, he had 32 saves. Yeah, and he had he had over 10 wins as well. I forgot how many wins he had. He had nine, I think it was. was it nine? I think he was nine ten? and three that year. Um, you might be right. Uh, but yeah, and he wins the World Series. Like, what a year! It was, uh, it's the last time the Tigers won the World Series, 1984. That's right. Very rare. Eckersley also won the MVP. Did he win the Cy Young that year as well? He did. Yeah, any really best one would would win both. Yeah. I didn't uh, think his... Eckersley is another example. Of it, it must have been a down year for 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 people because. It didn't. Thirty-two saves isn't that impressive. I think he did a hundred. Well, he did like hundred and fifty innings, though, which they, is they which used is relievers good. differently back then. Yeah, um, you didn't just wasn't like a ninth inning, just get a quick save. Like basically, he would come out and pitch like the eighth and ninth. Okay, kind of thing. Which is why he had. And so it wasn't many more. always like they didn't care about the saves as much. Like it would be like if just it was a four-run six-two game, you don't get a save, but maybe he pitches the last two oh, and a third innings of it. I see. And it's just you know, it's a, nowadays managers try to put the players in to get saves to boost up their stats. Yeah. Where Steve wasn't as much of a, a known stat back then. It was more just clo- lock this thing down like, for yeah, us, Like, yeah, let's win the game. Um, yeah. yeah, the American League 84 is kind of a weird year. Um, there was never, like, there was, I guess maybe Mattingly you could point to, Bob, right. some guys that maybe had some... But, like, the Tigers were such a team. You had to almost give it to a Tiger because yeah. the t- Tigers were the dominant team American League that year. Yep. But they didn't have any one guy that had, like, a huge year. Right. It was like everyone had a really good year. It was, like, one of the cool, like, teams. Like, one of my favorite teams is the 84 Tigers to look at. Yeah. Because they had, like, no weaknesses, but they had no great strengths. They were just really good everywhere. Was that Sparky Anderson as the manager? Yep. It was. Yeah, and that was his third World Series win. He won in 75, oh, yeah. 76 with the Reds. Yeah. And he won in 84 Tigers. Tigers have been to two World Series since then. Yep. And they've lost them both. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, that, those are my headlines. That's pretty good. Thank you. So, uh, uh, come back next week. We are, unfortunately, leaving 1984. Yeah, it is kind of sad. We're going to like 90 or 90. 90. Is it 90 on the dot? 1990 on the dot. Let me uh, pull up the, the the movies here so we can talk about them. It's July. Uh, it's like the last week in July or the second to last week in July, 1990. Okay. Okay, so the movies are Presumed Innocent. Yep. Harrison Ford. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Ghost. <laughs> of course, I remember right, that. <laughs> and then the YouTube movie we'll do on the YouTube show will be uh, Problem Child. So you hear, you'll hear that on Monday is Problem Child. Yeah. YouTube show. And we'll be back on Wednesday and Saturday with uh, Presumed Innocent and Ghost. Cool. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.